Let me hear it. it. Money. Money talks. Your trusted resource for your money. Your, 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 your future. Your life. Chicken. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon. I'm joined by Casey Smith and Roger Tuttero. And uh, Dr. Tuttero, you, you, uh, it's not every day that we get the opportunity to talk to our friendly neighborhood economist, but uh, <laughs> here we are. And, well. uh, and, you know, there's been so much talk over the last couple of years about recession. Uh, we've had inflation issues that seem to be waning. Uh, interest rates are still high. And, I mean, honestly, outside of everything else, the interest rates are what tend to negatively impact economic growth, right? That can be part of it, certainly. Yeah. But so, I mean, we still have an inverted yield curve. You right. got you got the, the uh, three-month, it's 5.35 thereabouts, three-month treasury. Uh, you've got the 10-year treasury. It's about 4.3, as we talked earlier. Uh, it's been a little wider than that until just the last few days. Um that's always been, at least for most people that watch markets and economies, um, it's been a negative signal that usually over the last 50 years has tended to end ugly. Yeah, I mean, the, the spread between short-term and long-term interest rates, the slope of the yield curve, is typically gone negative prior to recession beginning. Right. But if we think more generally, there's actually an index called the Leading Economic Index Correct. the Conference Board puts in, and that, that spread, that yield curve, is one of the 10 components. So the challenging part is now the leading indicators have been dropping for 23 consecutive months. Right. So that's been, quite candidly, for many economists, a source of um, challenge to figure out why can we have the LA dropping for 23 months and not have a recession. Right. I'll be very honest, in early 2023, we thought that it was a slightly better than even money bet. We would have a mild recession in 23. Right. Obviously, it did not come to fruition. The economy actually accelerated some late in the year. Um, part of it, I think, and this can sound like, a, like an apologist for indicators, the recession of 2020 was so atypical, I think it's probably thrown some data series out of balance. And so maybe the predictive power of these indicators is a little bit um, less selective than maybe what we had in the past. All right. right now, you know, this month, this week, we got the conference board's read for January. As we said, it was the 23rd consecutive months of it falling. Right now, the, C the LEI, Leading Indic Indicator Index, or Leading Economic Indicators, down about 3.1% over the preceding six months. But for the first time in a while, half the indicators are up and half are down. So okay. that's that more consistent with kind of a uh, an economy that's kind of in, in flux. Okay. So, Roger, is there any, is there any concern that because of the, it seems like the recession is being delayed a bit. Is there any concern that it would be worse whenever we have one? Uh, I hope not. Um, I, you know, I don't think the recessions are, I don't think, I don't believe in the business cycle of saying that there's an inherent reason you have to have a recession. And that's, that was clearly shown by the 120 month expansion that we had, 128 months actually, between June of 2009 and the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I don't know the next thing makes it deeper. I think the open question right now is what this current financial environment looks like for the banks. Yeah. Because as those interest rates went up, 
um, it calls into question the ability of some previous borrowers to service their debt obligations. In particular, a lot of concern at the banks over looking at commercial real estate, for example. Yeah. You know, because you borrow money in January 2022 when the prime rate is at uh, 3.25%, and then you fast forward two years to January, February 24, and it's at 8.5%. Right. And so the amount of your cash that goes to service that debt goes up proportionately. Yeah. Uh, the consumer's a, a bit questionable as well. I mean, uh, folks were handed cash from the government during COVID. Uh, that seems to have run out. Uh, and, and you see uh, consumers that have yet to quit spending, so they're borrowing like crazy. Uh, it, I, that, to me, becomes a bit of a concern as well. Yeah, one of the interesting phenomena is that the consumer sentiment index that we all monitor dropped in 2022. Uh, down to the lowest level in, in modern times. And the question is, if that's the case, why didn't retail sales implode? And the retail sales gains were actually more modest than most people think once you adjust for inflation. But the other explanation is, and Troy, you just hit on it, when we had the pandemic, we shut down spending, so we had savings surged from that. Right. We got stimulus checks coming to people, which increased savings again. Yep. And so there's some anecdotal evidence. So we had a lot of excess savings accumulating in late 21 and through much of, I'm sorry, late 20 through much of 2022, and we've been drawing that down. Right. So we may be at a point now where we're going to start seeing that excess excess savings run through and our ability to continue to buy will be dependent upon labor market and income correct uh, correct um, income generation right now uh, one of the more positive notes is um, the employment situation uh, where a lot of folks would normally expect when you have a slowdown you're gonna you're gonna also see uh, in fact the Fed even told us somewhere between six and eight percent unemployment is what they expected from their regime of raising rates never came to be no we're, we're still, still on what three seven three I think, seven today. yeah and right. um of course we, we find out the first um um friday in march what the numbers look like for the month of february i think part of the issue is that the labor markets were so far out of balance we lost 14.4 percent of our headcount employment in two months during the pandemic and if you look just as late as about a year and a half ago we had 12 million jobs available and unfilled in the economy now, when you start pulling back on hiring, what goes first? The unfilled jobs. Yeah. That's come down from 12 million to 9 million. So I do think the labor markets are gradually softening. If you look at the rate of change in the payroll number, it's clearly a lot softer than it was 12 months ago. Right. And on payrolls, I beg people, please disregard January reports because the seasonal components are tricky. Yeah. Uh, typically in January, you shed anywhere from two and a half to three million jobs. And so if you lose jobs, but you lose fewer than is typical, you'll actually see the seasonally adjusted numbers go up. Yeah. And that's what happened this January. Well, it yeah. seems like it could be skewed somewhat by sector, too. I mean, the technology jobs seem to be disappearing a little bit faster than other areas. You right. know, uh, services, you know, hospitality, things like that have, uh, are obviously seem to be, always be on the hunt for uh, for help and labor. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, just anecdotally, I've, ha I've talked to a few clients in the tech space and they either own tech companies or and are not hiring and are starting to look at laying off people. And um, so it's it's interesting to see just the, the dynamic there between the tech sector relative to other areas of the economy. Yeah, I think early on the layoffs were largely concentrated in big tech and right. big financial institutions. Yeah. I think it's become a little bit more broad as we speak. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but AI is still going strong. <laughs> Seems to be <laughs> the story in the stock market for sure. And, you know, the stock market, uh, for all its uh, pains in 2022, came roaring back last year. Uh, we more or less ended up, uh, you know, it was up over the two-year span slightly, less than 4%. It was uh, a small gain, but uh, it seems to be going strong again into uh 24. So um, really hard to say what we get. Um, probably inflation is still the number. And like you said, the Fed being data dependent, the only thing that really scares me, and you mentioned banks, um, a lot of bankers had stretched a little bit. They had gone out the maturity, uh, gone further out maturities uh, to get uh better yield on, on right. some of the assets that they use normally for liquidity in, in case depositors want their assets back. And we saw that flare up last March. Right. Um, and really, except for the Fed coming to the res well, the Treasury coming to the rescue, um, we haven't seen much of a change. And that still is, is pretty reliant on interest rates. Yeah, uh, we had a few casualties, as you said, last right. week, Silicon Valley being kind of the most prominent one. Right. But in those cases, these were financial institutions that bought lots of bonds with long duration on them. Yeah. So, of course, as interest rates go up, the price of the bond comes down. And it was compounded because a bank at that size is allowed to carry some of those bonds in what we call hold to maturity classifications, right. so they don't have to mark them to market. But most banks are marking to market their bonds, and so what you see on their financials is probably closer to a good read. Yeah. Is is there any concern, though, the longer we hold rates higher? And I think everybody's starting to come around to the notion that we will. Uh, but as, uh, the longer we hold those rates high, uh, does that put any more pressure on the banks, or was that expectation actually cooked in? Yeah, I think probably the, the direction of the move is probably more important uh, when the rate because when the rates go up, that's when the mark-to-market losses occur. Correct. Uh, if you're holding them at a higher level, paradoxically, as bonds mature, you'll be able to replace them with new bonds that have a higher earning capacity. Correct. So that that's that's kind of how the game will change. But again, Silicon Valley won off. You had a signature bank early, a couple weeks ago. We had the issues a little bit different calls, but with um, New York Community Bank. Yeah. Which, despite its name, don't confuse it for your local community bank. <laughs> right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. No, it had uh, it's got assets, and that was the commercial, uh, the commercial real estate tie-in that you had made right. a little bit earlier. And it sounds to me like that's probably your bigger concern is the assets underlying, especially uh, commercial real estate, and not so much uh, the level of interest rates going forward. Right. I think that's probably the bigger issue. Yeah. But all right. Well, Kelly Lynn. Yes. Where are we going next? That was a good conversation. Oh. Well. Thank you, I guess. I, I didn't have a try, lot to try add. Not, try not to act so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a lot to add, but, you know, I liked yeah. it. Um, you wonder up. who she's talking to, don't <laughs> you, really? <laughs> okay, coming up next, we're going to hit that question mailbag. Got a couple of stock questions that we're going to knock out. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice 
of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.